Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is Commodity Oris. If you did not have a chance to listen to last week's episode, this is, or should I say was, my favorite discontinued fragrance. And Vikin Arslanian, the CEO of Commodity, got word of this. He is also, by the way, the first episode of the new year. I'm very excited for that. He sent me a bottle. And you might be like, Emma, you should not wear this. You should savor it. But I am in a different camp. I am more in the camp of like someone who just had a near-death experience and survived it and is like, whoa, like life is worth living. That is the camp that I am in. Since I have received this, I have happily worn it multiple times. It's also funny because in the episode with today's guest, who needs no introduction, but I will give him one in just a few minutes, we talk about discontinued perfumes that we still long for. And I mentioned this one because we recorded the episode before I received a bottle. So in some ways, it does feel like a nice full circle to wear Oris today as I am recording the intro for Charles Gross's episode. More on him in a few. It has been a crazy week. I hope that this podcast helps you escape from whatever mundane annoyances or serious issues that you may have going on and feels instead like a cozy little respite But I also do feel that if I do have this platform, it is my responsibility to use it for good when I can. With that, I want to say, I don't know from where you are listening to this podcast. I am in New York City and COVID is absolutely surging here again. I am recording this on Friday, December 17th. I want you guys to hear it from me as someone who is on the ground here because I feel like it starts in New York and then quickly spreads elsewhere. All of my friends, one whose social circles have no overlap, are either currently positive, know someone who is positive, or were exposed and are now isolating, waiting for test results. I also was exposed this weekend, not at a bar or a concert or a wedding. I was at a small apartment gathering where everyone there was triple vaxxed, and I'm happy to share I got a PCR test back today, and it's negative, but please... Just know if it doesn't seem bad where you are yet. Oh my God, I literally sound like a doomsday prepper, but I'm telling you because whatever strain is going around right now is very contagious and it doesn't seem to care if you are vaxxed or not. I hope you guys are all okay and remain okay. Please get tested as much as you can, especially if you do plan on seeing family for the holidays. I'm playing with the order of a few segments today. So the perfume juice will actually come later in the episode. Today's guest is so special. I am joined by Charles Gross, and I am such a personal fan of his. You might know Charles from TikTok. Maybe you know him from his earlier days on YouTube. He is a personality and influencer in the beauty, fashion, lifestyle space. And when you talk to him, you just know you are talking to somebody special. Saying that I know he's going to be big is stupid because he already is big. When I say that I know he's going to be like the biggest, I just feel like he's going to have the same level of fame as like Kim Kardashian. I feel like us knowing about him now as he has like a million followers is like getting in early. He's so thoughtful in everything that he does in all of his stories. 
in a way where it's like he doesn't mince his words. He's so intentional. And we just had a really nice, intimate conversation, not only about fragrance, but just about his career, his advice for content creators, and how he's grappled with changing and growing as a person while being a public figure. And of course, in this episode, you will learn about exactly how Charles smells, including his $4 pick-me-up, his biggest compliment getter, the one that got away, what he was rocking in middle school and high school, what he was wearing last year versus this year, and the best-smelling person he ever smelled. This episode will be ASMR for your ears. Let's talk about it. Here's Charles. Charles, welcome to the perfume room. There's so much I want to talk to you about fragrance, your personal scent memories. So I'm going to say something I've been dying to say to you for a long time. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Ah, Oh my God. I love hearing that. Okay. So we always start the podcast with what are you currently wearing? Would you say you have a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance hot takes or controversial opinions? Ooh, um, what am I currently wearing? I am currently wearing a few different fragrances. I feel like my winter rotation right now is Velvet Fire from Harmonist. Okay. Silence the Sea by Strange Love, which mm-hmm. is amazing. My One of my newest favorites. Um, Dear Polly by Wilhelm Parfumery and Chanel Number no. 5. You're wearing all of those right now. Kind of in like a rotation. Those are like my go. It's so hard to choose one because I, I would I could say that's like my healthy rotation. There's mm-hmm. not one that I'm gravitating towards more than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Silence of the Sea. I, I kind of like wear that underneath everything. I just I would yeah. like wear that to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second question. So what I'm wearing now, and then do you have a signature scent? Oh, signature scent. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we all, I feel like if we, when we wear a perfume, we kind of become anosmic to it mm-hmm. on our own body. A hundred percent. So I would, I, I kind of wonder what people think my signature scent is probably smoky, musky at the moment mm-hmm. and fragrance hot takes my fragrance hot take. I'm kind of, I'm kind of really over Baccarat Rouge. I'm with you. I really, yeah. Did you love it at one point? I did. I did. And it has some good memories, but I love, um, Macy's, Mason Francis, Cortijan. I love them so much. And Mm -hmm. other fragrances and Baccarat is an amazing fragrance. It's just, I smelled it so much and and, and too much of anything is, can kind of spoil it for you. I agree. I also think it's a fragrance that when it first started, part of its appeal was that it was sort of niche and not everyone was wearing it. And now not only are there so many dupes for it and so many recreations of it, and it's also just popular in itself, but I swear like walking down any New York City street, I can pinpoint either Baccarat Rouge or Cloud or a dupe or something in that like general, it's like, yeah. What other um, Maison Francis Kirk John scents are you enjoying? Um, I'm I'm not, I don't have any in my rotation right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I remember I smelled one of their ouds a while ago that kind of really threw me for a loop. Um, ouds can do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, when I first got Strange Love's Dead of Night, which is like oud on oud on I first put it on and I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this, this is like, I can't wear this. And I, I but it, once it warmed up, 
some, I love fragrances like that. that they aren't, aren't so like easy. They're like a little, they make you work for them and they warm up right. and develop. Um, and I, I gave it like a few hours and I was like, what is this amazing smell I'm smelling? So that's dead of night. It came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baccarat Rouge. I mean, maybe in the future I'll warm up to it again. Mm-hmm. Um, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So at some point, um, but the Baccarat Hotel in the city, I, I like to dine at their Grand Salon and they fragrance the entire lobby with Baccarat Rouge. Oh my and God. so it's, and it was so luxurious. And I used to go there even, I think it was before the perfume was readily available mm-hmm. or for sale. I would always ask them, what is that smell in your lobby? It's amazing. And then they, when it, I guess when it became available for sale, they said, oh, it's Baccarat Rouge. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was buying bottle after bottle, but um, yeah, now it's just very, very saturated. Yes, you're a tastemaker, and now that the taste has been made, you <sighs> must you must move on. So I actually found out about Strange Love through you. I was not familiar with that. Per- I'd seen it, but I hadn't tried it. You did a video on Strange Love, and then I randomly had time to kill in South Street Seaport, which one does not have often, <laughs> and I ended up in this pop-up store that was carrying them, and I loved Silence the Sea. I was so surprised that that was my favorite because I don't typically go for sort of like an aquatic um, scent. And the ambergris, Mm. it's like, it's the most realistic sea scent, but yet somehow so like appealing, sexy, and soft Mm -hmm. at the same time. So thinking of you wearing that, A plus. Love it. Yeah, I'm glad. I, 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 Silence the Sea really caught me off guard too. Yeah. That, it is so unbelievably aquatic. And it, at first, I, when you hear that, you're like, oh, I don't want to smell like a, right. like a, a swamp or a sea. But it they it's so perfect and slightly metallic and it develops. I mean, like when I smell it on my sheets in the morning, if I, I catch a whiff of it, I'm just like, that's an amazing composition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team behind Strange Love is amazing. Um, they, they're so discerning that if they can't get the exact ingredients they want, that will make the fragrance perfect, like the perfect ambergris. They just won't make it until they can. Mm-hmm. So there's a slight shortage of Silence the Sea. But so I think I got one of the last Ooh. bottles at the present. Mm-hmm. I'm like cherishing it. Um, they may have restocked already. But um, so and I like that because a lot of other companies compromise where Strange Love is like, we're not going to back down if we can't get what we want. And I kind of really like that sentiment. Yeah. And also if their price point is very high. And so I feel like if you are going to charge that much money, then it it has to be in the ingredients. It has to be reflective in the quality. So you love to see it. Absolutely. What are you wearing right now? I am wearing, so someone recently told me about 1509 oil. um, And it's very comparable to if you've ever smelled Essential Faith, if you've ever smelled mm. Namat Amber, like all of those like white musk, ambery scents that are yes. very popular right now. But there was something about this one that the projection and the sillage of it, it just, someone came to my apartment covered in it. And I was literally like her smell walked in before she did. And it was oh, so that. beautiful that I just ordered it on the spot. Even though I literally have multiple white amber oils, I was like, I need another. So... Now I have four bottles of 1509 and I have layered a few of, they're all kind of the same. You know, they're all like white ambers. And one of them is like a slight twist with bluebell, a slight twist with sage, a slight twist with baby's breath, but they're just 
it's kind of like my comfort, like when I'm not doing anything for people mm. who can't see us, we're both sort of in loungewear right now. Right. That's sort of like my, my neutral scent, like oh, a I nice, a nice white amber. Hmm. Sounds lovely. I have to look into those. Yeah. Do you wear different scents for different occasions or how do you, is it by mood? Like when you're looking at your variety, how do you pick what you're going to mm. wear? I think it's definitely mood. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a very, I don't really like to overthink it. I like to just approach my fragrances and kind of in a very visceral way say, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I'm feeling, a commit. And, and I just go, I really kind of go hard on that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to kind of mix even clashing fragrances if my mood changes. Um, if I'm going to an event or something, if I'm going to be interacting with people, I like to stick to one, but I don't, I don't, I'd like it to be very instantaneous, visceral, like just this is the one I'm gravitating towards right now. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on. And I actually used to hoard perfumes in like in a very unhealthy way where I had like Tell so me more. many that I couldn't, like I could not get to all of them. And some that I loved to have, but I didn't wear as much, I would, they'd end up going rancid. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I need to use these. What am I going to, how do I possibly use all these? Right. So now I try to limit how many I have and stick to like a scent family. Yeah. And that way I can use all of them because I, I was getting like anxious. I was like, oh my God, I'm like never going to end up using this like Givenchy, half empty bottle, like like Givenchy, irresistible from like, I'm like, I'm never going to wear this, but I need to wear it because it's going to go rant. It's just going to sit here. So now I'm much more controlled in my quantity. How many, how many bottles are we talking? Now about four. Oh, okay. That's very tamed down. That is amazing. Okay. I've been really good. I used to just buy, 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 but it's, you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming in a sensory way. And mm-hmm. some of them were really just fragrance comforts that I would go back to. I always mm-hmm. used to keep um, Vol de Nuit by Guerlain and um, Shalimar and Jicky. And, but I never really wear those because they're really, I mean, people, some people find them offensive almost. So I, but I would just smell them occasionally. And then I was like, these are really going to waste because they they would start to spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it didn't work for me to be hoarding like, Mm-hmm. three Shalimar extracts. And I'm like, that's just not, no one's going to wear these and I have to do something with them. I, I totally agree. I feel like if you're a fragrance collector, somehow you can be minimalist in every other aspect of your life, but you make this weird exception. And before you know it, you have this like collection and it, it kind of makes you, it almost feels like Marie Kondo. Like you can just get rid of things that don't bring you joy. And I feel like it. it's almost like a I don't know. It's a nice reset to only have things mm. in front of you that if you put it on, you know, they are going to make you happy. Absolutely. And, you know, I always say if I need to smell a certain fragrance for comfort or to remind myself of its notes, I can always go to the store and smell it. You know, having three bottles of Coco Mambozelle isn't necessary. <laughs> or, yeah, so, I mean, that, that one's also like very polarizing because mm-hmm. it's like, it's at points like the most popular fragrance in the world or Sauvage or like neck and neck. Mm-hmm at times and then like super niche fragrances I like gravitate towards so it's fun to kind of play on both sides of that spectrum but any fragrance section whether it's Bergdorf's or Sephora or Saks I love to just wander around and just smell everything it's the best what was the first fragrance you ever purchased um okay so there was a store in New York City called Lomans I know Lomans it was like (laughs) it's out of business right I think I think it is yeah 
But it also is like a, my family's been going to Lomans as long as Lomans has existed, you know. We love Lomans. We Lomans, love, we love it. For, I feel like for anyone who doesn't know, Lomans was like a kind of like a, I guess like a discount. I don't know how to describe it, like a Marshalls type mm-hmm. store. Yeah. I guess like surplus, designer surplus would end up at Lomans. And there was a Lomans on like near 72nd Street. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom and I were walking past and she, it was close to the, like the holiday season. And she was like, I need a pair of gloves. Let's run into Lomans. I just, my hands are freezing. Mm-hmm. We went into Lomans and I saw this bottle or a box that from Gucci, it just said Gucci pour Ohm. Mm-hmm. And there were like eight boxes on this shelf and they, they were like really marked down. And I was, I'd never owned a fragrance before. So I said to my mom, I was like, can I get this? It was like $30 or something super, super marked down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just like, I guess, yeah. Uh, do you want to smell? Like, how are you going to smell it? And I, I think it like these, a lot of these like Lomans Marshalls, it's all the stuff is in a box and you do, there are no real testers. So I kind of bought it blind, having no idea what it smelled like. And that fragrance to this day is the best fragrance I've ever smelled in my life. Mm-hmm. Gucci Pour Homme. And it, they discontinued it actually, unfortunately. And I look on eBay and there are unopened bottles for like Five hundred to a thousand dollars. What? Yeah, people. There's like a cult following. Oh my people god! Like, we need to find something that smells like it, and there are similar, but there's nothing. I don't. I think maybe the ingredients became a, an issue where Gucci was like, "This is not something we can continue to make at mm-hmm. the price we're selling." I, right. I, I'm not sure the logistics behind it, but they discontinued it, mm. unfortunately. Um, but that was my first fragrance ever, wow. and. I heard that that one smells kind of like by the fireplace, right? Like it's sort of like a smoky, yes. toasty. Very smoky, very, but there's something in it. I like by the fireplace is very, it's almost like campfire in a bottle mm-hmm. or, you know, char, peaty whiskey in a bottle. Mm-hmm. There was something in Gucci Port Ohm. I almost kind of feel like it had like a little bit of Chanel cocoa, mm. that kind of like balsamic 90s. Oh, Okay. Um, powdery smell. Okay. There was something in there that just grounded that campfire smell to a more like sophisticated, elevated place. And I can't find it. It's like, I cannot, I've smelled it so many things people claim are similar and nothing touches it. Hmm. You know what I'm thinking? You might, might like satiate that craving that I recently tried. Um, Atelier des Ors Lune Feline mm. is sort of a more ambery balsamic version, in my opinion, of By the Fireplace. So I never smelled Gucci Pour Homme, but I do feel like based, and again, this is just me guessing because I haven't smelled the, the OG, but that could be a good find for you. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I always, whenever I get fragrance recommendations, I'm like, I wish I could go smell it right now. I know. But yeah, I'll definitely look into that. I, I had a long affair with Coco, Chanel Coco, that kind of that balsamic 90s, which mm-hmm. I not many people wear, I don't, I don't think. And like the original Opium by YSL, which mm-hmm. took some getting used to, but I kind of loved that. That kind of last year was my 90s perfume era. And now mm-hmm. I'm just all about like smoke and ambergris and oud and powder. Beautiful. Do you remember the first time someone ever complimented you on a fragrance you wore? The first time, I mean, I was, I was very young when I got Gucci Port Homme, so I did get a lot of comments because I was in like sixth or seventh grade. And okay, people that's were so like, funny to me. <laughs> people were like, what are you? Because And also I had no idea about just like self-control. So I was con- spraying myself head to toe in Gucci right. Port Homme. Or, um, it's like it balsamic Perry fragrance. <laughs> yes, <love> very overpowering. <laughs> One spray is enough. And if I had known at the time how precious it was and that it was soon, I guess it was at Loman's 
as like a harbinger that it was soon to no longer exist, I would not have been so liberal with it. Right. But yeah, you couldn't have known Charles. You couldn't have known. I couldn't have known. (laughs) I mean, I, but I, I, people would say like, what are you wearing in science at 9am or 8am? So I, but I'm trying to remember the first time someone complimented me. I actually do remember I bought Kiel's Musk. I love Kiel's Musk. I bought that and I was in like 10th or 10th grade, I think, or ninth grade. And I was at my pediatrician and they were take the nurse was taking blood and I turned my wrist up towards her so she could put like their tourniquet on and everything. And she said, you smell really good. And that was the first time I really felt that fragrance connected to people that she made a comment. Mm-hmm. I told her what it was. We had a small, just tiny little to- topic about this mm-hmm. fragrance that I was wearing. And that was that was that it was very like real and I will always I'll always remember that yeah I think it's so funny because I'm sure whoever developed Kiehl's Musk was not thinking about like a pediatrician's office like <laughs> someone telling like a seventh grader like you smell amazing in this Kiehl's Musk it's so funny <laughs> exactly but you never know the settings that these fragrances will find themselves in. It's true. It's true. And I actually recently smelled um, the Aesop. I also do you know if it's pronounced Aesop. I feel like I hear both Aesop, Aesop. I've heard, I pr- primarily hear Aesop. Yeah. So that's kind of how I say, but I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> on this on this day, we will say Aesop. The Aesop Hawil, Hawail, another one that I might be butchering the pronunciation for, smells very similar to Kiel's Musk. And once again, it's like there's all these little, it's not a dupe, but it's like Kiel's Musk costs, I think, like $45. And the Aesop one mm. retails for like one something. So it's like there's these, right. there's good little alternatives in different, absolutely, in different pockets. What was middle school you, like what were you like as a middle schooler? I was incredibly awkward and quiet and obviously not the, I mean, if I was, I was like setting up a little tray with my Gucci fragrances mm-hmm. that was kind of describes my, where my head was at <laughs> in middle school. Um, yeah, I got, I used to, after Gucci Port Elm, I kind of just fell into it and I would find a fragrance I needed and I would, I, we would get them at the strand. Cause I didn't really know about at that time. I didn't know about, um, I guess I mean I knew of like the Bergdorf's and Sachs fragrance section, mm-hmm. but I had no real idea as a fifth grader how to even approach. Like, who do you ask? What? Do you, how do you get one of these bottles? Right. Whereas, like at Lomans, and I think even at like Dwayne Reed, they used to have a fragrance like clear glass fragrance section. Mm-hmm. That was much more like I can see it, I know that it's there, I can get it. Whereas Sachs, I'm like, do I? I'm just this kid. Like, what do I say? How do I get one of these illustrious boxes? Or at Jane Reed, you just say, you point to what you want. So that's kind of where I was as a middle schooler. Looking back now, it's a really interesting place to be in a good place. But at the time, I was kind of on the outer edge of the social world of middle school, that Mm -hmm. very tumultuous and interesting time, because I was wanted to talk about Gucci Port Ohm, and I don't know what people were talking about but right maybe like axe or you know more yeah the the other the other ones I remember I also used to just be obsessed with fragrances at a young age and I mean maybe not middle school young but like definitely like like I'm looking too young to be in Bergdorf smelling fragrances and I would go Mm -hmm. in and like no one would offer me help because they didn't think that I was a real customer and they were absolutely correct in that assumption but I remember (laughs) there was this one time that I went to the Robert Piguet counter And I wanted to smell all of the fragrances. And the woman looked at me and I was probably like, I don't know, 16. And she's like, 
The mm. only one that you'll like here is this one. And she gave me one called Petit Fracas, which is like Fracas, but the youth version. Um, mm. And I remember I was so offended because she didn't want me to smell the rest of the fragrances. But then I smelled it and I was like, oh, she fucking nailed it. Like, I love this fragrance. <laughs> it smells like bubble gum. I'm so into it. Oh, my it. God. Um, I love that. I do love Petit Fracas. But... Yeah, I think it's intimidating to be in a department store when you're young. Even if you don't feel intimidated, intimidated, it's like it's hard to advocate for yourself when you just feel like right. people don't take you seriously. A hundred percent. They and often if I was accompanying my mom or my dad. And so if I was saying, you know, I want to go to like Guerlain and mm-hmm. smell something. They, you know, they don't think I'm going to buy anything. Right. And so the, the sales associates, I don't think were being rude, but they were being realistic. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was, that was always a, an incredible place for me to like distract myself and, and kind of lose myself with smelling fragrances. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like the most complex and challenging and canonized fragrances are my, I lean towards it. And sometimes it's like the most simple one note, linear crowd pleasing notes of fragrances like that, that get a bad rep on for Grantica mm-hmm. in, in the forums. Today's perfume juice is on a brand called Gabar. I thought it would be fun to do my first impressions from a package they just sent me that I opened literally two minutes ago. I'm not really familiar with this brand, but what I do know is that they are a new indie house based in London, but inspired by smells of Myanmar, where the team behind the fragrance brand is from The brand is called Gabar. I hope I am pronouncing that right. And they have three fragrances. Number one is called Float. Number two is called Ground. And number three is called Swim. So I'm going to spray them on three different blotters and then just give you my first impressions and see if I can guess the notes right. Okay, first off is Float. I just sprayed it. And oh my God, this is an orange blossom narrowly bomb. I'm really getting that sort of like indolic white floral smell, but this is a bomb. Like this is powerful. I also smell something sort of like aromatic, like green. I don't know if it's like a caraway seed or like a basil, but there's, it's like very faint in the back, but it adds a sort of like zestiness to it. I'm going to look at the notes right now. Okay. Top notes, lemongrass, basil, bergamot, heart notes, Jasmine, ginger, violet leaf, orange blossom, gardenia, cassie, and narrowly. Knew it. And base notes, amber, white musk, and tobacco absolute. Um, Yeah, this is a powerhouse, I would say. If you love orange blossom narrowly fragrances, absolutely amazing. Very specific. Like, if that's not your taste, you probably won't enjoy this one. But if that is your jam, damn. Number two is called ground. That is beautiful. This reminds me of a figure version of Lost Alice. I absolutely smell orris and fig and sandalwood. That is what this smells like to me. The notes are coriander, saffron, pink pepper, ginger, bergamot, heart notes, orris, fig, cedarwood, Base notes, oud, sandalwood, guayac wood, patchouli, vetiver musk. Ugh. You guys, at this point, this is how I recommend you smell perfumes. Spray them on a blotter, smell them, see if you can guess the notes. It is very rewarding when you can and very humbling when you can't. This fragrance is an intersection of Philosikos, Gris Charnel, and Lost Alice. It is absolutely stunning. Okay, the third fragrance. 
This one they sent me a full bottle of. Okay, what's really interesting is like I feel like these scents kind of go in order. I feel like Swim sort of feels like a meeting of the minds between float and ground. And it just feels a little bit more green to me. Like something dewy, something aquatic, but but green, like maybe like lilies or water lilies in a lush way. Okay, the notes of this one are black currant bud, galbanum, wild fig, green tea, orris, jasmine, cedarwood, patchouli, tonka, amber, musk. That kind of explains it. Yeah, I mean, I do smell a lily note that is not in here, but maybe that could be the galbanum that I'm smelling These are all just really lovely. I'm really impressed with the quality. I have not tried these on my skin, but just smelling them on the blotter, there's something really classic and at the same time really unique about them and more to come. What's the best smelling place that you ever have been to? And what did it smell like? Hmm, that is a really good question. It's so, let me think. Oh, actually, you know, it's a family friend had a house in New Jersey and they would burn um, a wood burning fireplace and it didn't, it it smelled kind of sweet in a way, kind of like I'm trying to think if there was a, if there's like a fragrance that smells like it, but there's nothing. If I had to combine, it would be like by the fireplace and uh, Dior, uh, Dior Mademoiselle blooming bouquet. Is that, is that the right brand name? Now I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting it. It's no, I, I'm too. I'm like blanking, and it's, I've had like a thousand bottles of this. Um, I think it's Miss. I think it's Dior Miss Blooming Bouquet. Miss Dior. Oh, Miss Dior. Oh. <laughs> Miss Dior. Oh my god. You and I How just humiliating. <laughs> together lost that functioning part of our brain. Uh, Miss Dior. Miss Dior. <laughs> Miss Dior Blooming Bouquet with by the fireplace. Wow. Spun together, and it is such a f- very sentimental fragrance, but also. When I think of fireplace, you think like smoky deep, but this had like a sweeter side. Mm. I don't know where it came from, Yeah. but they just, even when they would visit us, I'd smell it on their clothes and I could never quite pin it. I've smelled like smoke on clothes before, which I really love. Actually, Mm. I really like kind of like a old smoker who like just smokes all day in their house. I love that smell. Like cigarette um, smoke? Yes. I love it. I think it's such a underrated note. Mm -hmm. There was a girl in my high school that wore Chanel Chance, mm-hmm. the original Chanel Chance. Oh, she would have smoke and then wear Chanel Chance. And that combo was heavenly. She would wear it in her hair. And it was just like cigarettes and Chanel Chance. There are fragrances that have cigarette notes in them because people have really started to... Yes. I think Killian's Good Girl Gone Bad, I don't know if this is a note, but to me it smells like cigarettes. I've I noticed that too. I, I think I'm allergic to Killian fragrances. Really? It might be coincidence, but I I found Killian at uh, Saks, actually, Mm -hmm. back in the day when they just had like four fragrances in those big lacquered wooden boxes. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the presentation, that wooden box that really drew me Mm -hmm. in. I was like, oh, my God, what are they selling here with these big wooden boxes? And then they told me the price. And I was like, well, what is this mysterious fragrance I've never heard of Mm -hmm. that comes in this big box with a key? I think my first one was Love, Don't Be Shy. Mm -hmm. You are ahead of the trend. I think... I love, I think it smells like melted gum, uh, grape blow pops Yes. to this day. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with Intoxicated, mm-hmm. which was so intoxicating, mm-hmm. quite literally. It was like, a, I was like, this is 
like unbelievable. Like I could not, when I would put it on, I was like compulsively smelling myself. Wow. And anyone that was near me, I'm like, you have to smell my wrist. What do you think? But I never got much wear out of it in the last like 10, 15 minutes on me. Mm. So I kind of a fleeting, fleeting joy. But around that time when I started wearing Killian, I got uh, eczema. Oh. And it was like this horrible run-in with run-in with eczema, like going to different dermatologists and finding out what it was, and um, like literally changing everything in my life, like detergent, shampoo, changing every my sheets, my everything I was using to find out what it was. I think it was one of two things: either the Killian, or um, we had latex gloves in our house with the powder, and that could have been it but I stopped using or buying Killian and the eczema went away but I can't imagine wow. that it would be connected it sounds but I'm too like nervous it. to try again it's not worth because it because sometimes when I smell it on people I'm like that's that's okay that's good enough yeah yeah I I'd rather get a whiff of it in passing and not have eczema right. than even risk it maybe one day I'll take the chance, but wow! If anyone's listening, let us know if you've similarly developed eczema from Killian fragrances. Segueing from that, are there any surprisingly affordable or random fragrances, beauty products, handbags, anything? What are your favorite things that you feel like are your like little secret? My favorite inexpensive fragrance is not actually. I don't. I guess you could use it on your body, but I don't. No, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, no one do it. And then because I don't want someone to do this and then come back and be like, I tried it on my body and now I'm like in the hospital. Um, Glade Clean Linen in the spray. That's so not where I thought you were going to go with this. <laughs> that is if they made a perfume. Don't put that on your body. Don't put it on your body. I may have. You shouldn't. No one should. Um, that is one of the best scents I've ever smelled in my life. So yeah. perfect. And I've never smelled a perfume ever that comes close to that. Um, wow. And it's so, it's like $4 a, a canister. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried the candle. I've tried the spray. I've tried the autom- automatic spray that's like motion activated, the hot oil. Mm-hmm. But the OG in the can spray is, it's like super cheap. And it's honestly a, a stunning composition of fragrance. But yeah, I think all, in general, like, I don't know. I, th- I don't think price dictates how much um, an item is is really worth. I think. Yeah. Like whether it's clean linen from Glade or I love those bags from Ikea, which are literally, are they like $5? They're made of plastic. The, the blue ones? The blue ones. We I use yeah. them constantly carrying stuff around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and my favorite sweatpants are H&M. Always have been. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like 15 or 12 or $15 men's basics joggers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Glade linen is the, like in that category of inexpensive drugstore. Cause that is like, four dollars if i'm ever down and out and i need to pick me up i can go to any drugstore mm-hmm. and i'm sure they will never discontinue glade clean linen i don't think so i think it's a it's a bestseller it's a it's a staple it's a fav- at this it's a point staple yeah yeah okay glade clean linen you know i actually someone kept telling me to try the this abercrombie and fitch fragrance and it smelled similar to like that sort of like clean linen musky scent it's not truly like super affordable i mean it's affordable and as far as fragrances go but i think not on sale it's like in the like 60 something which Mm. i feel like for that market is pretty like on target but it was such a clean linen comforting easy to wear musk i was so pleasantly surprised i feel like if you do want to put glade linen in your house and you want maybe a skin alternate maybe get glade linen and abercrombie elwood white bergamot 
Oh my god, I have to try that. Are there any fragrances that have been discontinued that still like rip you apart to this day? Yes. Oh my god. I mean, there's so many that make me really sad. The first one that comes to mind, especially because they just relaunched, and I'm like, what the hell? Are you familiar with commodity fragrances? I've heard of them. I don't know that I've smelled too many in my that I can remember. Commodity, I think so highly of. They have recently their their pricing is a little bit different now, but full bottles used to retail for 105. So kind of in that like designer price range. But to me, the smell of something that feels very niche, very elevated. I loved all of their fragrances. They just all had these beautiful bases. The dry down hours later was always so pleasant across the board. And there was this one fragrance that they had called Oris. Um, I, I don't know if, are you familiar with the note Oris? I've definitely heard it. Pairing a, a linear note to it right now, I'm blanking. Mm-hmm. So remind me the yes. kind of- So Oris is one of my favorite notes ever. It's actually the bulb of the iris flower. So oh. when you when you think of an iris, iris is going to be more of that like floral, green, sort of like stately smell. Mm-hmm. And then oris is more of that sort of warm, buttery, waxy smell. So if you've ever smelled a lipstick fragrance that smells truly oh, yeah. waxy and buttery, that's probably got oris in it. And this was just the perfect, it was such a beautiful oris scent. The price point was so solid for what it was. And they relaunched and they just discontinued that fragrance. And then they came out with an archive collection of like bringing back their old favorites and they didn't bring back Oris. And I'm like, really? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to know the the thinking behind all of those decisions because some of them are really devastating. Reformulations, Mm -hmm. discontinuations. For you, is it Gucci Pour Homme? Gucci Pour Homme, definitely. Um, Lancome Magnifique. That was. Yes. Which I never owned, actually, but I, I smelled it in the department store constantly, and I was like, this fragrance is stunning. And they just... That's that's the red bottle, right? Yes. Anne Hathaway. That was the next one I was going to say. That was literally number two that I was about to say. Such a beautiful fragrance. They're on eBay. Oh. They're pretty expensive. Um, L'Occitane Fleur de Cherie. I don't know that one. That, oh my God. My sister used to wear it in college, and I would when I first smelled it, I was like, stop everything. I need to know what this is. Mm -hmm. And then they discontinued it. But I think my sister, like we still have a roller ball of it. That's half empty. And Mm -hmm. every once in a while we'll smell it. And we're like, Oh my God, this is our like last connection to flirtishery. Perry Ellis women 360 black. She's, I think might be still available on Amazon smells very similar to Ralph Lauren, her, I think Ralph Lauren woman, their current fragrance. Mm. Very okay. like syrupy, sweet, um, metallic. Sometimes you soda. want a syrupy sweet. Like sometimes you just yes. need it. Flower yeah. bomb. Sometimes I want to shower bomb. myself in flower bomb. Yes, and that's okay. It is. It's it's such a that fragrance gets such a bad reputation, but it really does. It really does. It's so nice. It's so it, nice. It's a classic. I think of flower bomb as the gateway for so many people to get into fragrance. I think. Mm. It was like kind of really, I think the one of the first, or maybe at least like in, you know, in our time, spicy florals that made people realize like I could wear a floral that has like a little bit of an edge to it. I wouldn't go so far as yeah. to call it edgy, but in that world of like looking at the what's available at Sephora in 2005, right. Flower Bomb was it. Yeah, it was. And it's a, it, I mean, I guess it. I think it used to, in my opinion, it used to be more of a bomb in that it like really lasted and mm-hmm. you'd smell it a mile away. 
when I smelled it recently, I feel like it is really faint and kind of doesn't last as long. Mm. But I remember when it first came out and they had all these activations in the middle of like Nordstrom and Lord and Taylor. Mm. And they would have these huge displays and I would smell it. And I was like, this is stunning. stunning. Uh, they yeah. came out with one. They have always have like um, these limited edition. There's like flower bomb, flower bomb nectar. There's flower bomb. They, they've had mm-hmm. all these iterations. And at one point they released one called flower bomb rose explosion, which Ooh. was the flower bomb bottle, that very geometric grenade esque, but it was all reflective gold. And Ooh. I didn't know anything about it. And I mm-hmm. just saw the bottle online and I was like, this is a stunning bottle. I bought it blind and it smelled actually kind of similar to Baccarat Rouge, but so mm-hmm. much, it was like Baccarat Rouge turned up like a thousand times. Every note in Baccarat wow. Rouge spiked up. So like ouds, rose with that flower bomb DNA. I have never been complimented on any fragrance in my life as much as like everywhere. People were stopping me wow. literally physically. I can't, I don't know if Do they make it anymore. I used it up um, and I don't know if they make it anymore, mm-hmm. but people on Fragrantica very fondly remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other fragrance I've been com- complimented on so heavily was Olympia by Paco Rabanne, mm-hmm. which I bought, I don't even, I think I got it at like a dilapidated Macy's in New Jersey. <laughs> I was like killing time. And I, I think this mall was where I was, was closing. And this Macy's was like, zombie movie status like no one there is like three sales associates just boxes kind of sprawled about and you you've lived a life (laughs) i saw some shit i've seen some dilapidated macy's and it's (laughs) taken yeah it's it was definitely i mean i i think it's they were they also they were so close to closing the sales associates but like we don't care so i saw this fragrance and i was like I think it was like super marked down and they were just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't even know what I paid for it. And I, I wore it and I literally was stopped. I remember specifically like in, in grocery stores, people were like, what is that? And I was like, it's Olympia by Paco Rabanne. It's like wow. sun, suntan lotion and salt. Yeah. Would you say that's your biggest compliment getter fragrance you've had? Yeah. I, I yeah. The Rose Explosion and Paco Rabanne. See, so, I mean, for everyone listening, you have all these amazing niche fragrances and tried and true, like an Olympia Paco Rabanne. It's, I think there's something, you know, I posted this poll and I said on Instagram a few weeks ago, and I said, what has been the biggest like head turner compliment getter fragrance that you've ever worn or smelled on someone else? And everybody was like being like, hee hee. And like writing like Santal 33, glossy <laughs> you. Like, because it's a bunch of people who are fragrance lovers who are obsessed with all these niche fragrances. And as it turns out, the ones that they compliment people on blindly, the ones that people compliment them on are always the most popular ones that people are like embarrassed to love, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're comforting. Glossy IU, I actually have, I don't know, I've, I strangely have been, every time I wear it or I've been around people wearing it, I get very anxious. It's like a weird, oh, like, weird. turns up my anxiety. I think there's like a powdery, mm-hmm. linen-y kind of, or it's perhaps waxy mm-hmm. undertone to it. Um, it's almost like if I weirdly, it's like the, like a pear, that kind of mealy texture. If you could like, mm, if it, that, like translate that to fragrance. And I don't know why, but every time I've smelled Glossier U, I'm like on edge. It's like, wow. a, uh, I don't know. It's like set something off in me. Beautiful fragrance. It's like a chic hangover smell. That's sort Actually, of that's like. That's a perfect 
description of, yeah, mixed with a little sweat, mm-hmm. a spilled drink, cigarettes. But it's like cool, but there's something yes. about it that's like, you probably didn't shower last night, but you also probably looked amazing last exactly. night. Exactly. You're wearing that's the same I leather coat. About. Yes, yes. Smudged mascara. Exactly. Haven't gone home. Yeah. Who is the best smelling person you've ever smelled? And what did they smell like? Mm, there is, so there's this one fragrance. It's a scent I cannot, I, I smell constantly. I cannot, I've never found out what it is. So it's multiple people. But the first time I smelled it was in like my grade school library. My, one of the other students' mother was, I guess, wearing this scent. And it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I think it's synthetic. So whatever it's trying to emulate isn't natural. Um, or I, I don't know, I, I can't really pinpoint it to anything, but and then I was at my therapist weirdly like years ago and the patient that had left right before me, I went to go sit down and I smelled it again. And I said to my therapist, I was like, wait, priority number one <laughs> is not the medication of my mental health. It is what is that person wearing? It's been years. I have been thinking about this. One of my neighbors used to wear it too. They, they moved and I could never find it. And she was like, oh yeah, I'll ask her. And the next session I was like, immediately I was like, what? So what is it? She was like, oh, I, I, I did ask. She doesn't know the name. It's Chanel with a green cap. Chanel and with I a was green like, there, cap? I don't think there is a Chanel with a green cap. Yeah. So it's like, so I went to Sephora and I'm like looking at all the Chanel models and I'm like, what could they have mistaken it? But I, it, I think it was, um, I was like, could it be Chanel? Uh, number 19. Number 19 or yeah. possibly Allure. But I'm, then I was like, I, number 19 does not smell like it. So it's like every time I've had the opportunity, there have been a million of times I've smelled it and I've tried to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the universe is like, you're not, you're never going to know. Right. Hmm. So that best smelling person, I guess, is my, to answer your question in a very long winded tangent that went completely off to the side and back. The, this grade school mother in the library that I just literally packed past her and I smelled it and I came back and I just stood next to her and I was like, what is this scent? It's perfectly, I want to solve this for you. Like, I, I, I feel for you. I would ask, I, I mean, I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable, so I didn't want to be, like, hanging around my therapist's waiting room being for that. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a, a 25-year-old woman at the time that I was, was wearing it and be like, hi, you just came out of the therapist. You're probably very vulnerable <laughs> and open right now. I love your fragrance, and I've been waiting here to find you. She, I That would be incredibly bizarre. So I was like, I'll just have to. <laughs> Weirder my, things have happened. Weird things have happened. One day, one day, the universe will tell me what it is. And it'll be something mm-hmm. so like Jessica McClintock. Yes. It's Something's... always going to be something that's like so basic that you probably could have gotten at Lowman's and you're going to think it's like some $600 niche exactly. thing. And it's like you've smelled it before. Or it's a lotion. But who knows? I was so the closest was with my therapist because she was the link mm-hmm. between me and this girl but my therapist was that was obviously not her priority. She's like, I don't remember green cap. Do, do you still go to her? No, she I haven't seen her in like two or three years, but we saw, saw each other for a long time. But I think at this point, if I was to reach out and be like, <laughs> who saw me in the slot before me this year? And can you find out their perfume? I think she might be like, OK, I think you might need to come back. Um <laughs> And you can oh, have her slot, too. I don't think our work too. is done here, actually. Exactly. I'm like, why? <laughs> Just been thinking about it ever since. Um, but she, so yeah, she was my closest link. And I think the closest lead was that Chanel with the green cap. But I didn't, I'm like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. There is no green cap. 
Uh, well, part of me wants to, when we end this call, like research it for you. But then the other part of me is like, I want to respect where you are in this journey. If the day comes that you would like me to, you know, do some recon, just know I'm available to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I if I could describe it and break it down into notes, I would. It's like, I can't even like relate it to anything. It's just such a a strange, I, I think it's the way, the reason I feel like I can't describe it is because I really think it's a cheap synthetic Mm-hmm. thing I don't and I don't think it's anything natural like it's not mm. like a floral grape I can't relate it to a single like a flower or a cord so I think it's probably a cheap lotion type thing mm-hmm. that the company was like we just need a generic clean scent right and there's no natural counterpart so it's kind of hard to to describe but probably is on the, on the lower end of, of the expensive scale and, and it's probably like a body mist or something wow well, someday, someday we'll figure someday. it out. Someday, absolutely. Does the perfect fragrance exist? And if it doesn't, what does the perfect fragrance smell like? Mm, the f- perfect fragrance, does it exist? I mean, I guess it kind of, the perfect fragrance for the mood, but I guess the perfect fragrance would en- encompass all moods. I think Chanel Number no. 5 mm-hmm. is the perfect fragrance. Yeah. I've worn it for so long, and I w- have never not had a bottle of Number no. 5. Mm-hmm. If, and at times that was my only fragrance that I had. And if, if I wasn't in the mood to wear it, even if I put it on, it worked. Mm-hmm. So I really, and I think they reformulated it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there are rumors, but even with the reformulation, it's a great, incredible fragrance that is so all around perfect and works on, on so many people. A lot of people don't like it, but if you get past that blast, of like aldehydes, grandma's purse, mm-hmm. it settles in a kind of mysterious way. I think that's a great segue too of like you were saying people see it as like grandma and I feel very much that whoever wears the fragrance, the aesthetic is whatever their aesthetic is. How would you describe your own personal aesthetic and where do you see your fragrances fitting in with that? I think my aesthetic is very much like oversized black wool coat, boots and like joggers, very, and I have baseball cap, very under the radar, Mm -hmm. good tailoring, refined, but kind of mismatched um and I think the fragrance that fits into that or where fragrances fit into that is like kind of just that ambiguous smell of department store mm-hmm. leather very well kempt and comforting kind of or like a coat that I've had like you've had for 10 years that has like the shadow of like a thousand fragrances right. that you've worn on it that all kind of homogenize and it just mm-hmm. becomes like this kind of generic smell that people just identify as perfume. Right. Um, it's that kind of like that kind of smell mm-hmm. that if I was to leave my coat at someone's house, they would smell it. Right. Um, so I think like, my, oh, it's Charles's coat. Exactly. Right. And I think everybody's like fragrance DNA is different on mm-hmm. their clothing, on their hair, on in their house, mm-hmm. based on their lifestyle and everything. Yeah. I also, I want to chat with you about your journey as a content creator. You know, you were talking about sort of in middle school, being on the Shire side, making beautiful displays of Gucci Poor Ohm. When did, I know you started on YouTube. Like how did you, at what point were you like, you know what, I have a voice and I have opinions and I'm going to start sharing it. And what was that journey like for you? This is a long-winded question. And then like, how did it evolve to TikTok? Yeah, it's it was an interesting kind of journey uh, I think in a cliche way it, it really started like so many content creators like you have things to say but not many people that want to hear what you're saying mm-hmm. so 
you turn to a, a camera and, you know, iMovie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. I, I used my dad's like point and shoot, put it on a book. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 2014. I had just graduated high school and I just kind of went on these little tangents and I uploaded it to YouTube and I was like, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. maybe like-minded people will find this, find it interesting and conversation can be had. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took off. And in the very beginning, when I had like seven subscribers, I was like, hey, everybody, big news. I'm uploading every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think I got like one comment. Someone was like, great. Like, OK. And I but I stuck with it. And so from 2014, end of 2014 to the middle of like 2019, I uploaded every day, seven days a week. Wow. But on YouTube, I mean, I started in 2014, ended in 2019 on YouTube. And that's, that was, and doing it every day, people really saw me go through a change and deal with stuff. And I wasn't in a good mindset. And so I, I feel like I was very toxic on YouTube, very caustic and negative, mm-hmm. um, judgmental. So 2019 came and I really realized I was like, I'm not loving this headspace and how it's affecting my life. Mm-hmm. So I changed, I, I stopped uploading to YouTube and I, I actually removed, I had like 1500 videos and I removed all of them, mm-hmm. but the channel's still up and I still have, I had 320,000 subscribers, I think. That's huge. And then when I ended everything, it kind of like dropped down to, I think I'm at like 295,000 now. Mm-hmm. And, but I deleted all the videos and I was like, okay. And I, I changed, I worked on myself. I worked really hard on myself all throughout the end of 2019 and all of 2020. And I'm still constantly working on myself, but I really was unhappy with my headspace. So I was like, I'm going to change this. And TikTok, I had an account and I am constantly thinking about fashion and aesthetic, beautiful things that please me and inspire me. And so I thought, let me post a TikTok and see if kind of similar to how I started on YouTube, see what happens Mm -hmm. conversation. Maybe three or four people will find this interesting Mm -hmm. and we can discuss it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved, I love the feel of TikTok, the how TikTok, the interaction, how immediate and connected everything is. So it started that way and it, I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. TikTok and the content. And And TikTok fell in love with you. It's, it's been so incredible and the response has been so positive and overwhelming and it's amazing and people that have seen me on youtube come to tiktok and the they i really was nervous i was like oh my god are they gonna say oh he was so different back on youtube and so i made a tiktok kind of explaining that change i made i saw that video yeah it was i was nervous i was like are people are gonna think i'm crazy or like but it was such a wonderful re- response mm-hmm. and it was so incredible to feel that like mm-hmm. welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but TikTok like is such a, I feel like with YouTube, you make a video, you edit it, mm-hmm. you upload it. There's so many layers of separation. Whereas with TikTok, I can sit down, press record on my phone. And in a second it's up. Right. I can interact with people, message, comment. It's like, I'm basically sending a group message right. to all these people that are my friends. And the, it's so rapid. The community is so welcoming. Mm -hmm. And so I went from like, Oh, let me just post a video, see what happens to, I'm going to be at like the Met Gala after party to like, I'm going to the red carpet of the Gucci premiere with interviewing Jared Leto. And it was like, what happened? Like, Oh my God. It's sometimes I'm really like 
It's what has that computers. been like for you? Like, what has the process been of, you know, just like being a content creator who's popular to like truly, this is a business for you. You are getting these opportunities. It's been overwhelming in the best and most incredible way. Mm-hmm. Like overwhelming typically has a negative connotation, but it's mm-hmm. overwhelming in like, if someone like covered you in a blanket of happiness, mm-hmm. I truly have moments where I'm like, this is not real. I, mm-hmm. how is this happening? Um, but I do, I always want to be authentic with my audience and I never, ever want to lose that connection. So no matter how large the community becomes or no matter what opportunities come my way, I will always try it, you know, always remain connected with them. Um, Mm -hmm. no brand can change that. No offer can change that. I will turn down any amount of money to be loyal to my audience. Uh, but with Mm -hmm. these opportunities, when they come in in certain, with such a rapid amount, I think that's when people start to reach out and say, Hey, you know, we'd like to manage you or have you thought about Mm -hmm. this, the infrastructure of this. And from my days of YouTube, I have, I've been through like management and beauty con and podcasts flying to LA. I've kind of, so it's not my first rodeo on the back end of things. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see how management and the infrastructure works on TikTok and how people kind of handle that and handle it as a business. What would you say is the biggest difference? Back in back on, in the day, but like on YouTube, like when I started, there was like BeautyCon was like a thing, and mm-hmm. uh, management back then was really like huge networks had thousands of mm-hmm. creators, and everyone kind of knew everybody. It was a small community; um, everyone knew each other's brand deals and everything. Um, I remember my first, I think it was my first or second BeautyCon. I walked in and immediately met Tana Mojo with mm-hmm. her manager at the time, Jordan Warona, who was, I think with Studio 71. And I like, I think I had 40,000 subscribers and I was just like totally overwhelmed, totally freaked out. And, but it was such a tight knit little group. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, the creators on TikTok have welcomed me with such, there's, it's been nothing but positivity in the fashion industry and in, on TikTok as well, but it is a larger group. There are so Mm -hmm. many creators and it's amazing. Whereas I think it's incredible, but but on YouTube back in the day, it was more like there was a a small group, not that I was part of it, but you just, everyone knew about those people. Um, Right. So it's a kind of a different feel. Um, I feel like now there's a lot more manage. There's a lot more options when it comes to management, which is good and bad. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people looking to find a young person who blew up on TikTok and say, Hey, I can get your brand deal with like this brand you want to do a brand deal, you want to make some money. And it's kind of like a parasitic relationship. Yeah. So yeah. whenever I'm, I'm not in any place to give anyone, you know, business advice, but I, I'm always like, you know, take a beat. And if you ever do encounter to anyone who ever encounters any amount of online notoriety, that it can start to become monetizable. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe notoriety is the wrong word, attention, take a beat and mm-hmm. always, Remember, sometimes people don't have the best intentions. That's true. And protect what you've created. And always remember mm-hmm. that your audience is the reason that any of this exists. And if you're not loyal to right. them, you've completely failed. But yeah, it's just been, the whole TikTok thing has been insane and in the best way. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited for the opportunities that I have coming up and the content right. I'm making. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's an incredible place to and to, it's just like I guess it's kind of like a second chance on social media because YouTube 
I, I mean, I guess I, I was in some way successful, but I wasn't, I was not happy with it. And, and now it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God. But, um, so TikTok, I was like, I kind of came back on a different platform and I was like, are people going to still want to hear what I have to say as a, in a different headspace? And the reception mm-hmm. was so incredible. So it was a very positive thing to try again in a different right. place and different way and in a whole different part of my life and mm-hmm. have people validate that and be acknowledged of that change. I think in a lot of ways you just grew up in the public eye. And so it's not like you were pretending to be somebody else. Mm. It's like that represents a place that you are in in your life at that moment. And this represents the progression of who you are Absolutely. the same way that like nobody's videos, if they, if you unearthed anyone's content or personality when they were 18 versus 26 versus 36, like we evolve as, as people. So I think it's, it's amazing that you've been able to be relevant in every like hot, you know, on each platform at each time. And I think as someone who has had so much success, how do you measure that now? Like when you hit milestones, do you take moments to celebrate them or do you ever feel like I just need to keep going? I just need to keep going. I do take time to celebrate it. Um, you know, I, I, in, when I celebrate a milestone on, on social media, I really try to focus on feeling grateful and thankful for the support um, mm-hmm. and never lose sight of the fact that a number is not a number. It, they're real people, real mm-hmm. opinions, real honest people behind those numbers. And I really try to ground myself in that as my celebration. Mm-hmm. If I hit a milestone, I'm like, okay, this is incredible, real, genuine mm-hmm. community. That's amazing. Um, and then I say, what else, what can I do to give to these, to give them what they want and just mm-hmm. keep doing what is making me feel so good and making them feel so good. Um, right. So it's like, I mean, it's like if I made a dish at a restaurant and everyone loved it and I'm like, okay, I need, what else can I do to make mm-hmm. them happy to just in, keep right. that positivity? So it's so motivating. It's such an incredible drive that reception mm-hmm. because it's such a wonderful positive back and forth. So I feel like every opportunity I have, my audience comes with me. They're the reason it exists. I have that opportunity and they're right Mm -hmm. there with me, whether it is like fashion week or brand deals or uh, the Gucci thing, like either whatever it is, it's always like they're right there with me. They're the reason it happened. That's beautiful. You know what? I could ask you, I I could think of 30 more things I want to talk to you about, but for time's sake, I think that's a beautiful place to end this interview. We have one final segment. Mm, What's that smell? This is a rapid fire scent association game. I will name different things. You tell me the first smell that comes to mind. It could be an actual fragrance. It can be a note. It's any answer is correct. Perfect. Are you ready to play? Absolutely. What's that smell? I'm so ready. What is the smell of um, your childhood bedroom? Glade clean linen. Glade clean linen for the win. What is the smell of happiness? Smell of happiness is cigarettes and Chanel chants. So cool. Um, What is the smell of stress? Glossier you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. So many, so many stressful moments with that fragrance. What is the smell of um, Manhattan? Ooh, wet concrete. What is the smell of Brooklyn? Fireplace, fireplace, freshly lit fireplace. What is the smell of LA? Um, 
airport. Just generic plastic right. airport. Okay, and the final question. What is the smell of Charles? Ooh, um, Chanel number five. I have to use that again. Chanel number five. Yeah, it's iconic. It's part, at this point, I've sprayed so much of it on my body over the years. It's like worked itself into my DNA. Is there anything you want to plug? I'm sure everybody who's listening to this already follows you. Um, is there any, I don't know, anything you want to plug? Well, uh, well, thank you. I mean, this was such an absolute blast. I had so much fun and, and such an incredibly deep conversation uh, I am on TikTok, just my name, Charles Gross. Charles, thank you so much for coming thank to the Thank you. I can't tell you how fun this was. Any perfume talk, yeah. I could go on for hours. I know. Seriously, I have like 15 questions I didn't get to, but I'm also like, we've been recording for an We hour have to minutes. go to Bergdorf's or Saks sometime and just- We have to. I would love nothing We'll more. end up spraying every bottle. Let's do it. It'll be amazing. Let's do it. Perfumer was edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 